Hey, I'm Joe. I'm a designer. And I'm Brian. I'm a designer. Today we're going to be talking about what is good design. How do you know it when you see it? Stay with us. We'll be right back. So, design. Why are we in this nightmare industry? <laughs> I think the more podcasts we do, the more we're going to end up we're, being bartenders or something. <laughs> we just have a big thing of whiskey in the middle. <laughs> um, so, good design. Let's back it up. When did you realize you wanted to be a designer? I don't have a great why am I a designer. I wanted to be a filmmaker. Well, actually... I wanted to work at Lego. That yeah. that was my Still, dream I'm gonna job. Still, I'm going to work at Jet yeah. Lego. <laughs> yeah. That was my dream job, be a Lego designer. I was like, wanted to move to Denmark and the whole thing, yeah. all the way up until when I was a teenager. And then I wanted to tell stories. Mm -hmm. So uh, I worked in the film industry in Portland, my hometown, and realized the film industry is full of assholes. And, True. and I was like, I can I validate that. Don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm sure there's nice people out there. I just didn't meet very many of them. <laughs> I was really fortunate to meet some of my independent filmmaking heroes at the place I worked at. Mm. And I just was like, I don't, it was having all of your dreams crushed. Mm. And so I was like, I don't want to ever see this person again. This, <laughs> this person's like a complete asshole. Uh, so it, it, not really knowing what to do. Um, when I moved up here in Seattle, the dot-com boom was in full swing. Mm. And I thought that, that you know, being a designer and getting into like web design and sure. mobile design and that sort of thing, getting into that was a way for me to like tell stories. Sure. But, so, so, so visual communication. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way, I guess, yeah. but yeah. You're, you're, I, I always thought about it telling stories, but yeah. But you're trying to communicate things visually, and you're still communicating things visually. Yeah. And so, definitionally, if you communicate the thing that you are intended to communicate visually, what you want to, then that is successful design, right? First, you have to you have to tell me what got you into design. Uh, I started out illustrator, animator animation industry cratered and I just really didn't like being in LA anymore. I, I think it's funny that you and I both started in, in, in motion. That is interesting. Honestly, part of it was that I have always loved computers and being on computers and it was just kind of like it was the natural element of wanting to communicate things and wanting to communicate things with these glowing boxes mm. and just kind of always wanted to be, you know, my dad brought home a, a digital equipment a workstation when I was like eight years old and I played like Zork on it and stuff like that. And like mm -hmm. the minute that little fucker rolled into the house, I was like, <laughs> I want to be around this thing forever. Which is funny because yeah. like, I like, I like hassle my eight year old by like playing the switch too much. Oh, right. And I'm like, what are you doing you know, internally? Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? This is yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, ruin I, your eyes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to kind yeah. of pull apart my dad mode from from, totally. from what what I actually know that he loves. And I know why he loves it, because I love it too. Yeah. There is something so captivating mm -hmm. about turning on a screen and having it tell you something that you want to know about. I mean, so captivating. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I guess if I if I had the, the, the question reversed to me, yes, the idea of communicating something that you want to communicate via pictures is is compelling and when you do a good job then the person receives the story or message that you're trying to tell them whether it's pull the door open don't push or the bhagavad gita hmm. so that's interesting because um 
how much that says about you because you you started kind of in comics, right? In yeah, illustration yeah. I mean, I still do comics and yeah. stuff, but yeah, 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 yeah. So for me, um, I think about especially digital interface and digital experience is you have this opportunity to create these moments. I mean, I think they're they're epiphanies, mm. right? That the first time you ever used Uber you move forward into the future and you never went back. Mm. Maybe it was the first time you used that Commodore 64 or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Home. Yeah. Or the first time you used an iPhone, sure. right? Um, we have the ability to do that sometimes, but that's definitely what keeps me interested in it is kind of creating those, those epiphanies, those moments where you're just like, wow, this technology, this thing, this is just, I'm I'm different now. For me, art is I feel this thing and I want you to feel this thing. Mm. So I've broken up with my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I write a sad song. I play the song for you. You feel sad by a transference of emotions from me because of the emotions that I have. I have transferred my emotions to you. Design uh -huh. is you have a thing you need uh -huh. and I am enabling you to do it. My emotions are immaterial. You want to learn how to exit the airplane if there, God forbid, there's a fire. There is a little pictogram in the back of every single seat that tells you how to do it. Right. Through design, it has empowered you to do the thing that you want to do. Right, right. As an artist, I think when you create something, you're creating it for for yourself, potentially as like some sort of like catharsis or something. Sure. And then you share that with other people sometimes. Right. I have a painter friend that just has like a whole studio full, rolls and rolls of this amazing art. She's never been shown. Mm. Nobody's ever purchased any of her work. Mm. She just is an artist. Sure. And that's just that, what she does. The Henry Darger model. We, you know, you do this thing for for yourself and you kind of put your heart and kind of soul into that. And whether somebody else has an equal or, or there's some sort of... Um, they they feel some of the things that you might be feeling as an artist when at the point of creation. Mm. I I don't think really matters, mm. but I, I I do agree on the design thing. Is that you are kind of using creativity to solve problems, and you are doing it on the uh, on the behalf of somebody else that you know isn't present. Sure. So so functionally, then, if you are helping a person solve the problem, that is good design. I think so. Like I, if it's I, a shit poster in Arial with a shit brown field and it says band tonight 9 p.m here's the address it communicates it is that and good it design solves a problem that you could make the argument that that is good design jared spool from user interface and engineering he does this whole talk he would show like this ugly ass page i think craigslist right right craigslist is a Perfect great example, example. right yeah. is okay is that good design right right most people would think, yes, it is, right. that it works, right. it does its job, it right. does everything as it says it should do, right. people have value from it. Right. It, you know, doesn't look great. That's so right? funny, though. Because, Aesthetically. Right. So I, I have a horse in this game, if only because um, I, I really do love um, the, the Bauhaus movement. And there's this, oh, yeah. this, this gear to pop up here in the cloud room and stuff like that. So, you know... Yes, functionally, they said, you know, like form over function and stuff like that. Uh, but at the same time, you look at a Bauhaus poster, it is absolutely aesthetic. It's not just the communication of very, very basic information. There's an aesthetic to it, and the aesthetic is beautiful. Mm. So, 
what is the point of aesthetics as it relates to the purpose of design? And I mean, I think a lot of times the debate that you get into with a client is where is that meter, right? Is right. it 10% aesthetics, 90% design, or is it 50% aesthetics, 50% design? A lot of times the battles that designers get the most upset about losing is where that meter falls. And right. oftentimes the client or shoot, especially engineers will want it to be all the way to a hundred, right? right? They want right. the Craigslist. That's right. easy. That's simple. That's replicatable. That's components. Right. And then you have the design team is like, no, let's add stuff. Let's make <laughs> stuff pretty because people like pretty stuff. Right. So what is that? What is that functionality there? And why does it exist? Right. Well, and isn't this the form versus function sure. argument? Yeah. Did that come from the Bauhaus? It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what is that balance between how well something functions versus how well it's it, it's aesthetics, its form, its, sure. and, its shape, and and the the purpose, the whole purpose of it was it was a reaction to the Belle Epoque kind of overly stylized um, aesthetics of before before the First World War. So mm -hmm. there was a notion that overly aesthetic things led to decadence, mm, and decadence led true. to kind of an overweening kind of collapsing moral corruption of a culture. Mm. And so after World War I, with the millions of people dying and the horrific, you know, violations to the land and countries, it was like, clearly we're not talking about things well enough. You're mm -hmm. not understanding what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So the aesthetics needs to be reduced and design needs to be brought up to the idea of communication of ideas Craigslist style, mm -hmm. everything else needs to go away. Well, and it also, wasn't it the Bauhaus that also was um, driven by new manufacturing abilities, right. like the sure. materials, and there was some, there was a new, um, uh, new paint added right. to the palette, so to speak. So yeah, so all of these things kind of add to the idea of like, you know, if we just are more, if we are more deliberate about our manufacturings, about our production, about our communication, right. then things will be better. Obviously, World War II happened. <laughs> it didn't work out great. Right. But like, I feel like that is still a tension in design these days. When mm -hmm. someone asks you what good design is, I think that that's a very fraught question because I think that question is, has not necessarily been solved yet. I agree. I agree. I don't, I, it's really hard, as the listener probably can tell from this conversation so far, it's kind of hard to put your finger directly on what is that, right? It's right. So much of it is, I think, just intuition right. of just as a designer, when you see something, you either know it's good or you know it's bad. And there's some rules that you can use, like rule of thirds and, you know, colors and that sort of thing. But there's an argument to be made that maybe using clashing colors you know, starts to get more into kind of the brutalist aesthetic, which is or, having a resurgence now. Or look at punk. Oh, right. right. Punk was pretty much a trashing of everything. Right. They said none of your rules matter. And it ended up being very beautiful. Right, right. right? In its own way. Right. Right. And well, and we just lost uh, Daniel Johnston, yeah. who just was challenging a lot of those different ideas. A lot ideas. of that outsider and, artist yeah. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it definitely is. A, I mean, as a designer, it's a, it's a constant struggle of mm. how do... Uh, and kind of like what we talked about in the previous episode, when you're trying to sell this work, um, how do you know this is good? Mm. And because you're probably going to have to defend it. Mm. And if you think it's bad, then it's going to be, you know, people might see through your kind of fake defense of this work. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really big issue, honestly, because I think that because, getting back to that notion of squishiness, mm -hmm. because the aesthetics is... It is indefensible in a way. 
-hmm. It is something that is not necessarily wedded to that very base idea of communicating information as what design should be, that it's very hard to tack it to a graph and say that at 51%, this is where it should be. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there needs to be an internal justification that is agreed upon inside of you, right? Like right. at a certain point, everyone has their own kind of metric of like, yes, this needs more, right? right. Uh, separated from the Dieterams, take it all the way thing, because that's a whole different thing that we can talk about if you want. But right. but everyone has their own, like, why are you adding that little widget? Why are you adding that background color? Right, right. Well, and this starts getting into design principles, um, which was something I was hoping we would touch on a little bit. And whether as a designer, I think when you a lot of times you come at these problems and you have your own kind of internal, you know, your moral compass, right? What is the right thing to do and what is the wrong thing to do? Mm. And I think a lot of designers in the human computer interaction, the HCI or the human centered design, they, you know, they are coming at this as like from more from an empathetic point of view more right. like i'm going to understand who this user is i'm really going to focus on them i'm right. going to solve these problems for that person right. which we've talked about empathy and those yep. things before yep. uh and that really i think comes from inside about who you are as a person yeah. and kind of like what you believe to be right versus wrong right and i think that when we that definitely influences our our design decisions quite a bit now i I think it's good when you're working within a team and with a lot of different people that might have a lot of different moral compasses, that it's good to write some of those principles down on paper mm. and say, these are the things that we are all going to agree to. And mm. that it can be a really good place to kind of create your own moral compass as a group to help align that design. So you can start to define when you are evaluating work later, mm. is it good? Does it meet? these principles mm. um or is it bad does it kind of go against some of these principles yeah yeah i i will admit that i'm a little bit out of step i think with current design principle thinking um tell me more i we are at a particular point in time and i think a lot of it has to do with um culturally where we are and civically in this country and um technologically i think that we are in a very kind of stripped down Spartan kind of um, idea that that design is truly this kind of this, even if it's not the Craigslist model of kind of brutalist, it's kind of like only the base amount of information and everything else can fall by the wayside. Mm. And I don't know whether it was, whether it's my age or the fact that I grew up, you know, kind of punky and stuff like that, but I definitely come from that kind of Rococo movement mm -hmm. of like more, 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 and just like <laughs> add shit on. Because mm. from, to my mind, I'm a little bit going to um, kind of contradict myself and what I said earlier in the podcast in the sense that, that design when i think about design personally it is that kind of vessel of human experience that like mm. we can we can you know you can on per paper you can divide design between art and say like no it's this or no it's this but the reality is that we see design everywhere we see it on posters on 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 um telephone poles as they're walking down the street we see it on street signs we see it on stickers on the side of buildings design and aesthetics is everywhere mm -hmm. and as someone who is a very deep believer in the human condition uh and that i i really I'm, i am a humanist in the sense that i love humans i i am worried about us i think we are sometimes weak and foolish but in general i like humans i like humanity mm -hmm. i am not um i don't wish the robots were to take over <laughs> 
Uh, and so, and so when, when I'm surrounded by creative output, that is inspiring to me. Like if you, if you ever came to my studio at home, every single, you know, it's not this like beautiful kind of sparse white kind of like three things perfectly. You know, I see a lot of these studio tours as like a single platform of wood and like one pencil. And like, <laughs> I am a designer. This is my space. Or like Christopher Neiman has this, his space is like, uh -huh. I mean, he's German. So of uh -huh. course, but it's like a white room with like right. one plant. Right. Like that is not my space. <laughs> Every single detritus I've picked up in the past 25 years is pinned to my wall. <laughs> and I love that because right. for me, it's a communication of like, look at all of these odd ideas yes. that we have managed to come up with. And not only that, but like it's an evidence of my lived life. Look at all these ideas yeah. I have come across. So that reminds me. So there is this photo of Steve Jobs. Mm. Everyone thinks of Steve Jobs as like this ultra minimalist, you know, Zen Buddhist. Um, and we've we've hold, you know, many of these artifacts, these minimalist artifacts that he's created um or co-created every day. There is this photo of him in his uh, home office, mm. and it is just piled with shit. Like crap and papers <laughs> and just I mean and and it's this very intimate moment that is the complete antithesis of what you think of from Apple and him. Right. My thought on that is genius is messy. Right. Right. It's just it's not a clean, sparse environment. It no. it comes from your inspiration comes from lots of different sources. And that I think that's how we we develop principles, how we know how to evaluate what is good and what is bad yeah. is just by absorption of just everything, right? Yeah. Of just being like a bit of a sieve a bit, you know, just we let, like what you were talking about, we even uh, what's going on culturally and in, in the environment today, that's going to influence us as designers yeah. is to say, how can we <clears throat> reduce the noise just a little bit? How can we create these moments where people can like maybe take a respite from you know, kind of the, the world literally being on fire. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, I, I think that's true. I, I think something that's really indicative of the, of the time we are in, especially in the design space, is uh, I got asked maybe about a month ago of like various meetups that I recommended people go to, right? And like what like specific, like what UX meetups should we go to mm. and what kind of like HCI conferences should we be a part of and stuff like that and i kind of turned the question on his head which is like i know that shit like i don't want to you know what i mean like i don't want to go and do more of that stuff like yeah. i want to go to a sculpture museum right or i want to go see a, a cello concert like to pretend that all of these things that we're working on and like good design is just about like how to make cleaner footers Right. Or like how to strip more elements away so it's a more sparse page or or, or a faster loading mobile experience. Like, right. I think that's garbage. Right. I think if you're really being true to the point of what being a designer is, just to go and exactly what you say, be the sieve, take in right. everything, right. read historical books, read poems, go see a mime troupe, go explore explore the world because the world will be filtered through that and into your design. Right, right. Um, you remember that workshop that you and I did in Chicago? Yes. And we were having a hell of a time in the sterile yes. like, conference room. Yes. And just like the business was being really demanding or I yes. didn't know what they want or whatever. And we took that break to go visit the rookery yeah. in Chicago. Yep. Just totally, it was like a like, spur let's of do that. thing. Yeah. Because everyone, you could just tell, everyone's eyes were just like, yep. get me out of here. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. um, 
Yeah, I think about that all the time of just how that was just such a good reset. Yeah. And then also as a as a um we as a design team, we were able to kind of have this this collective moment yeah. that that we were all kind of feeling this um we didn't know if something was good, if someone presented a good idea prior to us taking this little excursion, mm. I don't think any of us were in a situation where we would have known it. No, I think that's true. We were just fighting, right? right? Just right. like, because right. what the hell are we going to do? But right. then we were able to kind of go do this thing, take in this amazing, uh, I don't know how to describe the rookery. It's like, it's a lobby in a building in Chicago. It's a uh, architectural yeah. marvel. Yeah. It's in tons of movies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You've probably seen it. But yeah, to be there in that presence, and it was just kind of the walk out, you mm -hmm. know, walk over there and yeah. talking about it. And then we were able to then talk about the rookery yeah, and right. some of the um, some of the nuance and detail there as yeah. we walked back. Yeah. And then just the rest of the workshop was just totally different just after that, yeah. that little excursion. Yeah. So I, I guess... That 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 point then is that that kind of sterileness um, when it comes to judging what good design is 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 a danger. Do you have any type of um, kind of pulling back and flipping it and getting into a more tactical point yeah. of view? Do you have um, some basic rules that you're living by? If you have a junior designer that's working for you and they are presenting something to you, do you have some basic rules that you're looking for? That's a really good question. Um, I got a couple of red flags for me. Go for it. Um, um, spa uh, uh, line spacing. Oh yeah, people always don't give enough space between yeah. lines. Always, yeah, it's remarkable. Bad design is too crowded. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> there is something amazing about space, right? Yeah. There's something amazing about um just letting things breathe. Yeah, and I think that's maybe one of those kind of like just principles that you just kind of learn by doing it a hundred million times. Well, the gestalt principles of designers, a really good place to start. Mm. Um, that's like 20 or so different rules that came out of the Bauhaus that yep. um, talk about that kind of these laws of kind of grouping and association. And whatnot. Yeah. Rule of threes and stuff. Like yeah. That, right. And that can be really helpful. I think a lot of designers know that intuitively. Yes. Um, and, and that is one of the things when they say it's good, they right. are usually talking about, or when it's usually captured in the Gestalt principles of design. Um, that one's good. Uh, what I tell my students is if they can defend the work, yeah, they know it's good if they can defend it when yep. it's being challenged. Yep. Um, which I know is a little subjective, but, uh, but sometimes their, their passion for it, the research they did around that user, there's some sort of thinking when challenged that yes. kind of comes out. Yes. Um, and that's when I kind of step back and say, okay, what I thought was true is not true now that you've given me a little bit more information. Absolutely. Right. I'm seeing this more right. because you solved the problem. I didn't solve the problem. Right. 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 And so if you can defend that work when it's challenged, that's usually a sign that it's probably pretty good. Mm, I love that. I, I, I would even broaden that more and say that if you have thought about it, like, mm -hmm. clearly someone has thought about work or someone has banged work out. Mm -hmm. And work that has been banged out very clearly has been banged out. Unless, mm -hmm. you're, unless you're a super amazing designer, and it, then it's exactly what you say, that you have somehow internalized those basic kind of, like, universal mathematical principles. Right. And you just kind of, like, do them because that's how you design. And that's right. a lot of times how you, how you see uh, someone who's a senior designer. They've just kind of internalized that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, banged out work is, like, Blah. Like, <laughs> just kind of not really thought about it and like pfft. well that makes me think of uh, another one is um if it starts a conversation 
Yeah. Is when, you know, that's the, you know, throwing something on the wall and seeing if it sticks. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's what, what we normally refer to it as, but that is a way of being able to tell, is this good design or not? Mm-hmm. Um, that we're just going to throw this idea up and sometimes it's rapid, sometimes it's well thought out. Usually, hopefully it should be a little bit more rapid, but, right. and then you start having a conversation and then you're having a collective opinion starts to form mm. about what is good. Mm. And what I try to hear for is, is what people are kind of objecting to. So I like to put lots of different ideas out. Um, I know you do this too, when you're doing concepts to like, I mean, I love just looking at your sketchbook. hundred million ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, here is like 20 different takes yep. and you've got some crazy stuff in there yep. and you've got some pretty solid stuff and it's all just on usually on one page you separate it out usually but but it's so great because you just kind of do this tour right yep. and then and then what happens is people just start having a conversation about right. oh this is really cool and oh but i really like this mm. and, and you can ask follow-ups mm. what is it about that that you like right and um, and you start getting data mm. about what is good and what, you know, the, taking something that's very abstract and starting to make it more concrete. Sure. I would also say that ha- having you just said that to me about my about my design process makes me think of something and then leads to another principle that I had kind of forgot about until now, which is that when I was a very young designer, I was hired for um, a logo rebrand. And at that point in time, I didn't realize that it was very important to strip away and only present like a couple of options to Mm. clients because they will be overwhelmed by decision fatigue. So I presented, I shit you not, 60 logos. (laughs) All of them done. What, of course I mean, you do. What, what type of a lunatic? I still have that duck somewhere. I should send it to you. But I think that um, another, especially when it comes to client work, another good principle is um, doing the hard work first. Mm. Right, getting all of the shit work out of the way, even if it's maybe necessarily shippable in in, a, in another instance, doing all those things quietly on your own, doing the calling on your own, so that you're really when mm. you present the work that is there, there is an intent behind it, and right. you've done all of that intentional, hard kind of intellectual work first. So when you do present those top three or top four, you have a very very strong story behind every single one because in the in the 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 NCAA bracket of all of these logos that have they have beaten a whole bunch of other ones because they've been that strong. Right. So that intentional picking is a big part of it as well. Right, right. And I think when you speaking of that, when you're presenting the work to other people, it's the, uh, the what is the quote that the good design is not what is on the page. It was it's what's left off the page. Right, right. And and so you have to you have to share that. You have to kind of walk people through. Right. What are some of the things? Here's how we got want. here. Yeah. Yep. All those decisions you made, and so, and I think it's probably better to usually show people. I some totally of that. agree, yeah. and that is one of the the true signs of a of a senior designer leader right. that can walk through how we got here and not feel like you're walking through a graveyard of failures. Yep, 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 yeah. I, some of my most successful design pitches have been, you know, forty five minutes of just kind of talking about all of the things Why that it didn't weren't work. explored. Right. right. I thought I could do this, but that didn't work. Right. And then I thought of this and just like walking somebody through all of these decisions and then doing the final reveal. Modern thinking is you shouldn't, shouldn't do the reveal, but 
but um, I like to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I like to kind of lead them up, and yep. then when you show them the reveal, then you're saying this is the solution. Agreed. It's not three solutions. This is the one solution, right. and the, and you've just gone through this journey with me on why this is the one. So, um, what I'm hearing from you is is the work that shows the intent, right? So mm -hmm. I think the one the one thing we've been talking about this entire time is the idea of. Good design is about intent. It's intent to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. It's intent to put in the work. It's intent to obey those gestalt principles that maybe are endemic to a lot of really good designers. And it's really the intent to be true to yourself when it actually becomes comes from you and it actually is a it's a it's a real expression of what you're looking to do. Right, yeah. right. That's a great wrap up. Thank you. <laughs> that was so precise. I'm really impressed. That's the best one we've had so far. I've been practicing alone in my bedroom. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can hear all of our episodes at designer.fm. Yep. And if you ever want to email us with anything that's on your mind, you can email us at designer at designerfm. Thanks. Thanks.